In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen from the dead. Blessed is the resurrection of Christ. Once again, let's contemplate this ancient phrase. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, it says that the angel appears to the Marys and says just this, He is risen, and He is risen from the dead. He has to say it multiple times, because clearly this is a shock for these poor, wonderful, and bereaved women. Christ's followers had a lot of ups and downs during Holy Week. It must have been exhausting. To enter into Jerusalem, the companion of a lauded and prophesied king, adored by the masses, to see him take up his mantle in the temple, and to hear him utter amazing teachings, to sit at the table of the Last Supper, I'm sure that these were very exciting days. Then things change, and quite drastically. He's betrayed by a disciple, given over to an evil plot, convicted despite being guilty of no crime. Their beloved teacher is reviled by the people who called him king. They see a man of love, peace, and healing, torn apart and killed by crucifixion, a torturous and degrading tool of death. He's buried, and then a day goes by, the Sabbath, when things are still for but a breath, which is followed by the resurrection. And that's good news, the good news. But if you lived through that week, it's that sort of good news that might give you a heart attack if you're not careful. Holy Week saw both the best and the worst, the saddest and the most joyous events in history. And perhaps the hardest part for the participants of that fateful week was adapting to a constantly changing reality. This is something that we've all come to know about over the past few weeks, adaptation. There are certainly better and worse ways to live in our lives, but often the most stressful parts are the changes. When we find some sort of balance or equilibrium, even if it's not as good as what came before, often it's still better than the drama of constant upheaval. The beloved PBS children's show creator Mr. Rogers called these the modulations of life. And they're hard to cope with, for children and adults too. For many, these modulations have been taking place on a daily basis over the past two months. For others, their lives have been less heavily impacted. But if we zoom out slowly, certainly the change becomes visible. A whole world in upheaval. A whole world changed. And many of us are simply longing for a return to normalcy. The sheer blessing of being able to get a haircut. The unfettered joy of chatting with a friend at a coffee shop. The magic of being able to participate in a large gathering, such as a sporting event, a concert, or, lest we forget on a day like today, 
attending church. If there's one type of sermon that I feel compelled to give, but sometimes feel self-conscious or sanctimonious for having given it, it's a gratitude sermon. How undeniable it is for all of us, include myself, that we should be more grateful for so many things in our lives. How evidently true is the joy contained within the mundane life, a joy that fills life with meaning and fulfillment for those that accept it. And how pitifully common is it that this same joy is itself reduced to mundanity and discarded on the pile of all of life's other mundanities to be used and abandoned. St. Paul says of the people of the world in the first chapter of his letter to the Romans, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. But here in the depths of our lives and the modulations that are taking place, we have the opportunity to recognize the value of the life that was entrusted to each of us and the grace that has lined the courses of our lives. Indeed, the Lord is opening a doorway for each of us that leads to a more gracious and content existence. A way of life that acknowledges the divine glory that can be found in all of creation and pays it its due honor and respect. But as we speak of opportunities and being thankful for them, we can't minimize the toll of the impact that the pandemic has had and it's already taken on society. As some are truly suffering today, it is for each of them that we must open our hearts in prayer that they be delivered from their difficulties, whatever they may be. We must also do whatever we can to be responsible and compassionate neighbors, acting upon Jesus' new commandment found in the Gospel of John. He told them, love one another as he has loved us. To be a neighbor in a time of mutual need is to break down the barriers that divide us and love and serve in the resulting space of mutual accord. As we've lamented the lack of unity in society over the past many years, how remarkable is it that many of us now find ourselves in a position where we no longer have the luxury of choosing who has the honor of being counted amongst our neighbors. This Easter is an Easter of juxtapositions, an accounting of what was before, what is now, and what could be in the future. In so many ways, this has always been exactly what Easter is about. On a personal level, I reflect on my Easter of one year ago. It was in many ways a very, very good Easter. Very much unlike this year, 
We had what I felt as though at the time was the strongest Holy Week that we had had during all of my years here at St. John. I was so gratified to see programs that we had invested so much of our time and energy in beginning to take root and grow. I was beginning, or about to begin, several new projects that I was excited about. And it was also my son's first Easter. He was just six months or eight months old at the time. But that wasn't the whole story. I was exhausted. It felt like I was trying to juggle too many balls at one time, and I couldn't put my focus in the right place at the right time. It seemed like the tools that I was using until that point, which had been working just fine, suddenly weren't good enough. It was all very frustrating to say the least. At around the time the Easter Badarak was finishing, I felt completely spent. I spent the rest of that day in a haze of indifference. And I thought at the time that I was just overly tired. But as the days went on, my state didn't change much, and it began to worry me. I spoke to some good friends and even other clergy about it, and I came to realize over time that I had suffered a burnout for the first time. Recovering from it, what I realized was that I was using old tools to deal with new problems. The stress of making it all work was just overwhelming. Over time, I found the better strategies that I needed to be content and productive. And the experience humbled me and brought me closer to God. Christ warned his disciples about just this sort of challenge. According to the Gospel of Mark, he said, No one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst, the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. In this parable, Christ warns those who would follow him that they can't just do so and continue to live according to the old patterns of their lives. But this wisdom, his wisdom, his eternal wisdom, applies to all seasons of life. As our lives continue to modulate, as our todays differ from our yesterdays, we're called to adapt and take on these new challenges that confront us with new means that we have available to us. In this endeavor, the light of the resurrection of Jesus Christ brightly illuminates our path. Some have remarked at what a tragedy it is that this pandemic should happen during Holy Week and overshadow the holiday of Easter. I believe something quite different. A global crisis took place during a time when Christ's flock was already running to him for shelter. The church, despite this unprecedented uh, state of having to globally close its doors to the faithful, has become triumphant 
and still being able to be a refuge for its people in the spirit of the resurrection itself. The church, the ancient church, who has been telling the same story every year for over 2,000 years, is the body of Christ and the very incarnation of newness. St. Paul says to the Corinthians, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Beloved faithful, new things have come, and Christ is renewing you this Easter so that you will be ready to face them head on. A reflection of glory. The glory of Christ, as well as his Father and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christos hariavi merelots ortniale harutinen Christosi. Christ is risen from the dead. Blessed is the resurrection. Christ.